This is News To Go, your daily news podcast featuring news from various news outlets, heard via our Anchor podcast app and playing on iRadio daily until mid-afternoon. Now the news. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, Recorded on Friday, this is News To Go, your daily dose of news and information for your weekend. We're doing a podcast of it because I just don't have enough room on the iRadio station. But we got some neat stuff on the iRadio talk channel today, including listening to a brand new channel podcast for WNDU. In February, WNDU will be adding a fourth sub-channel, 16.4, and that channel will be called The Grio, G-R-I-O. It's a African-American talk entertainment network. And uh, so we're going to have one of their podcasts from The Grio Network on our iRadio channel this weekend. So jump on over and tune it in. Michelle Speak Out will be available this afternoon, also on podcast only, so be aware of that. And if anything breaks in the situation over on the Russia-Ukraine border crisis, we will let you know as fast as possible, as soon as possible, on Facebook, and uh, keep you up to date on on all of that. It is a major international crisis. We want to make sure you're aware, and, and we urge you to please keep abreast of the latest developments. Let's go ahead and go on to the news. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. News Nation this hour, I'm Gabe Salgado. Earlier this morning, gunmen from the Islamic State terrorist group attacked an army barracks in a mountainous area north of Baghdad, Iraq, killing 11 soldiers as they slept, according to local security officials. They said the attack occurred in the Al-Azim district, an open area north of Bakuba in Diyala province. The circumstances of the attack were not immediately clear. As lawmakers in Washington reflect on President Biden's first year in office, both parties see things quite differently. News Nation's Basil John reports. Exactly one year into President Joe Biden's term, and Democrats and Republicans are split on his performance so far. As we all know, much more needs to be done, but we have made great progress in this year. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi credits the president with driving down unemployment and laying the groundwork to get even more Americans back to work. However, Republicans, like New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, see the past year quite differently. The American people are facing an economic crisis, an energy crisis, crisis, a border crisis, an education crisis, a crime crisis, a worsening COVID-19 crisis. The president officially marked one year in office yesterday. President Biden has warned that Russia will pay a heavy price if it invades Ukraine. He also said there will be a severe and coordinated economic response. The president was facing criticism for comments he made Wednesday when he said the U.S. would have a measured response if there was a, quote, minor incursion. News Nation's Kelly Meyer has more. President Biden is cleaning up his own comments about a potential Russian invasion of Ukraine. I've been absolutely clear with President Putin. He has no misunderstanding. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. The president sparking confusion after suggesting in his news conference Wednesday that what he described as a minor incursion may be met with a limited U.S. response. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken will meet with Russian's foreign minister in Switzerland today. 
and the Supreme Court bolsters the defendant's right to cross-examine witnesses. AP correspondent Mike Gracia reports. The Supreme Court on Thursday affirmed a criminal defendant's right to cross-examine prosecution witnesses. In the 8-1 ruling, the court found New York defendant Daryl Hemphill's constitutional rights were violated when a judge allowed jurors to read testimony from another man who was unavailable at the trial, which prosecutors used to undermine Hemphill's defense. Hemphill argued it was the other man, Nicholas Morris, who fired a handgun whose stray bullet struck and killed a two-year-old boy in the Bronx on Easter Sunday in 2006. Hemphill was convicted of killing the child, while Morris pleaded guilty to a lesser charge. Mike Gracia, Washington. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the NewsNationNow app. I'm Gabe Salgado. Detailed forecast today, sunny, with a high near 24. Calm wind becoming southeast around 5 miles per hour in the morning. Tonight mostly clear, with a low around 13. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour Saturday a 30% chance of snow before 1 p.m., mostly cloudy, with a high near 28. Southwest wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour Saturday night a 40% chance of snow after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 16. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour Sunday a 50% chance of snow, mostly cloudy, with a high near 25. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming northwest in the afternoon. Sunday night a 20% chance of snow after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 14. Monday a 50% chance of snow, mostly cloudy, with a high near 32. Have you enjoyed listening to The John Schaefer Show? Now dot you can watch him on our Facebook group. The John Schaefer Show. Posted on the weekend on News Source 1 Michiana Facebook group. From the Black Information Network. This is the BIM Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. The moral moment has passed, and the Senate failed to allow voting rights to push through. But Democrats did not let it go down without a fight, especially U.S. Senator African-American Raphael Warnock, who told those who voted against voter protection they do not get to play it both ways. You do not get to offer praises and plaudits in memory of Dr. King and then marshal the same kinds of states' rights arguments that were used against Dr. King and against the civil rights movement. The Georgia senator is also the pastor at Dr. King's Atlanta Church, Ebenezer Baptist. Critics have had it with the only black justice on the Supreme Court. Talking about Clarence Thomas, the last straw for those commenting on social media was his recent ruling, while the rest of the high court rejected former President Donald Trump's attempt to block the release of White House records. Thomas was the only one to side with Trump. The 8-to-1 ruling paves the way for the committee investigating that January 6th Capitol riot to receive more than 700 pages of documents, some of which may eventually be made public. The high court rejected Trump's claims of executive privilege. A white New York couple is facing hate crime charges for what they allegedly did to a black woman and her family on the train. The white couple from Long Island, Justin Lickerman and Kristen DiGiacero, are captured on video with the man yelling and cursing at least. Lisa Edelkind, the black woman on the LIRR train with her 10-year-old son, husband, and friends, asked the couple if they could slide over so her group could sit together. And that's when she says the barrage of insults began for the black woman with the accent who was told to get out of their country. How dare they assume that because I look or sound different that I'm not a U.S. citizen? 
The white couple, who was recognized on the video, already lost their jobs. Now they must answer in court. And a baby, just 11 months old, got caught in the crossfire of a gun battle in the Bronx, New York. Police say two men shooting at each other when a stray bullet hit the baby in the face right in her cheek. The baby was with her mother in a car when it happened. The baby will survive and get to live to see her first birthday. She turns one in a few days. The pictures of black people should be on paper money, not just coins. That's what View host African-American Whoopi Goldberg says, and the son of black poet Maya Angelou agrees. Guy Johnson saying he's grateful his mother's face will grace the U.S. quarter. He says it would be nice to see her on paper money, though, like a 10 20 or even $100 bill. Harriet Tubman was supposed to be on the $20 bill to replace Andrew Jackson, who owned enslaved people, but that process has been delayed. And a black woman making another historical first. Memphis, Tennessee native Teneria Gibson is the first black female president of the Memphis Bar Association. The barrier-breaking attorney is the first to hold the position in the Memphis Bar Association's 147-year history. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. The Black Effect Presents features honest conversations and exclusive interviews. A space for artists, everyday people, and listeners to amplify, elevate, and empower Black voices with great conversations. Make sure to listen to the Black Effect Presents podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Well, this is one of those stories you have to hear to believe. This is Republican U.S. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Wait, what? African-Americans are voting in the same percentage as Americans? That's what he said. Well, we are Americans. McConnell made the comment because no Republicans agreed to side with Democrats on voting rights legislation in Washington. A reporter then asked him what his message is for voters of color who are concerned about midterm elections. Let's hear his response again with a little more context this time. Well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. So he likely misspoke. That happens. But some do wonder how many people in this country still believe black people don't really count as much as others, especially when it comes to voting rights. Now, Democrats, regardless of race, are generally in favor of protecting voter rights. But for African-Americans, it's not just politics, it's personal. All those restrictive Republican state voting laws like in Georgia and Texas that are being called modern Jim Crow are especially concerning. Yes, some white people did bravely stand with African Americans during the Civil Rights Movement. But it was mostly blacks who were sprayed with fire hoses and police dogs sicked on them. They were jailed, beaten, and lynched because of efforts to be treated like any other citizen and exercise our constitutional right to vote. Black Michigan State Representative Cynthia Johnson has introduced a bill calling for millions of dollars to be spent on racial equity and reparations for African Americans in her state. The idea is to provide grants, loans, and investments for black businesses. This is the latest push to make amends for slavery and discrimination that continues to 
impact the black community. In Detroit, more than 80% of voters said yes to Proposal R, which calls for the launching of a reparations commission to look more closely at the idea. In Detroit, Michigan, black Wayne County Sheriff Raphael Washington has a new recruitment program to fill over 100 vacant positions. The department has shortened the application process. Applicants must be at least 18 years old, have a high school diploma or a GED, no felony convictions, and a good driving record. The starting wage for these jobs is $41,000 a year. The hope is numerous qualified black applicants will get hired. Good news for black homebuyers in the Albany, New York area. $1 million is available to help them buy a home. The grants, which do not have to be repaid, range from five dollars to $10,000 to cover down payments and closing costs. The Carl E. Tuohy Foundation awarded the $1 million to Building Blocks Together, a group that seeks to bring wealth to marginalized communities through home ownership. For these stories and more, listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by Wix. Are you ready to take your business online? You need Wix, the leading website creation platform that's got all the tools you need to create, manage, and grow your brand. Over 200 million people are already using Wix's wide range of solutions to enhance their businesses, like ultra-smart SEO tools designed to get you found on search engines, faster loading times to create outstanding user experiences, and payment solutions to help you boost your revenue. Plus, with enterprise-grade security built into every site, you know you're in safe hands. So whether you're starting your online business or you've got a side hustle, with Wix, you can design a site to showcase your work that'll look great on any device. You can also manage everything from one dashboard on desktop and mobile, so you can be available anywhere at any time. In the office, at home, or on the go. Want to get started? Head over to Wix.com and create your website today. That's Wix.com. Your money on the Black Information Network. According to a new study by Bankrate, less than half of Americans can cover a surprise $1,000 expense. Financial experts advise having three to six months worth of expenses set aside for an emergency. But according to the poll, more than half of Americans lack the savings to cover a surprise $1,000 expense, with a third of households admitting they would have to use a credit card, take out a personal loan, or borrow money from family or friends to handle such an emergency. And the IRS has announced that starting this summer, taxpayers that want access to their online IRS accounts will have to sign up with ID.me to access their IRS.gov online accounts. Taxpayers will also be required to take a selfie to verify their identity with ID.me. Privacy advocates are alarmed at this new policy and say it's invasive. They also claim that the company behind ID.me has a not always dependable record in verifying people's identities. But the IRS says this move is necessary to protect taxpayers from potential ID theft. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Shelly Wade on the Black Information Network. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer, that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. 
He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for Dana Lash's absurd truth? It has been replaced by the Michael Medved Show here on News Source 1 Michiana. The Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 21st, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. More than 200 business owners are calling on others to support federal reforms to strengthen election laws. Senate Democrats were unable to change the filibuster rules on Wednesday night in order to pass legislation to expand voting access across the country. Barry Sick owns Naturepedic, an organic mattress company in Northeast Ohio, and is a member of the American Sustainable Business Network. He says businesses understand a functioning economy relies on a functioning democracy, and that, he says, requires citizen involvement. If I may be a little bit harsh, we can't just trust government to do the right thing. We need citizen participation. We want a society where everybody's treated equal. Everybody has a chance to succeed. Voting rights is one part of that. The bill defeated in the Senate would have established minimum federal voting standards. It was a response to dozens of bills passed in GOP-controlled states that Democrats argue were designed to make it harder to vote. Mary Sherman reporting. Meantime, a new wave of Arizona voters in the 2020 election changed the normally conservative state to one where progressive candidates and ideas have a fighting chance. Some are feeling deserted by Senator Kristen Sinema's vote Wednesday night against changing the Senate filibuster. The move essentially blocked Democrats' efforts to pass new voting rights legislation. Dozens of supporters, including the powerful Emily's List Political Action Committee, say they're reevaluating or outright pulling their support. Roy Tatum, political director of the group Our Voice, Our Vote, says Cinema has left many of her supporters scratching their heads. We feel that she's abandoned those of us who supported her. I've had a number of conversations with her directly around some of the specific issues that we were dealing with, and I had no idea that she would just be so distant. Cinema says while she supports the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, she refuses to modify the filibuster in order to pass them with a simple majority. Cinema's election to the Senate, along with fellow Democrat Mark Kelly, was hailed as proof that conservatives had lost their tight grip on Arizona politics. I'm Mark Richardson. And from the Hill, the U.S. Supreme Court Thursday rebuffed abortion providers' latest legal maneuver in their challenge to the Texas six-week ban which has sharply reduced abortion access in the state since taking effect nearly five months ago. The order issued without comment was unsigned, but appeared to divide the court along ideological lines, with the court's three liberal justices writing in dissent. The Hill notes that issue is a procedural fight over which tier of the lower federal courts the case should return to after a divided Supreme Court ruled last month that abortion providers could contest the ban in federal court and list Texas state licensing officials as defendants. This is PNS. And if the state of Iowa wants to create a healthier outcome for its residents, advocates say there are steps policymakers can take right now to make it happen. As the legislative session takes shape, there are calls to extend postpartum health coverage for new mothers under Medicaid, which in Iowa ends after 60 days. But the federal government is now giving states the option to extend the coverage to 12 months. 
The American Heart Association, Stacy Freeland, says that would make a big preventative health difference. If you think about heart disease and stroke and how many mothers are impacted, mothers and babies. Supporters say this type of expansion would help reduce racial disparities in maternal health. At the same time, groups like the Heart Association worry about proposals to add requirements for people receiving public assistance. Bill's sponsors say they are needed to improve management of the programs and avoid federal fines, but critics say they'll hurt access. Health priorities are the topic in a virtual day of action on January 26th. I'm Mike Mellon. Right now, only 6% of Iowa kids under age 3 who qualify have access to Head Start. Healthcare workers at an Oregon hospital have achieved what they say is a win after several strikes in recent months. More on that from Eric Tegadoff. Nearly 300 workers and members of Service Employees International Union Local 49 at McKinsey Willamette Medical Center in Springfield are celebrating increases in their pay, their health subsidies, and education fund. SEIU Local 49 members went on strike in October and December, including Aaron Gordon, a certified nursing assistant at the hospital. It took a lot for us to go out twice. But it gave management the push to understand where we're coming from and to see we're out here to support our community. And our community came out to support us. And that helped get the message through to them. The workers represent a wide array of professions, including emergency room technicians, physical therapists, and social workers. Finally, we learn from our Lily Bulky, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers plans to use federal funds for a project to keep invasive carp out of the Great Lakes. It's proposing nearly $226 million from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act for the Brandon Road Lock and Dam Project in Joliet. Don Jodry with the Alliance for the Great Lakes says the carp crowd out native aquatic species and have been moving up the Mississippi River and into the Illinois River. He says the project would modify the existing dam and locks to make it easier to prevent invasive species from passing through. The Great Lakes have suffered over the years from invasive aquatic species like zebra and quagga mussels and things like this. And so the concern is if the carp move into the Great Lakes system, that they're going to be detrimental to the fishing and recreational industries that are up there. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service. Member and listener supported. We're heard on interesting radio stations. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. For the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. Eighty-five years ago, Congress changed life for millions of Americans by passing the Rural Electrification Act. Now, funds to expand access to high-speed Internet from the American Rescue Act could be equally transformative. Certainly the pandemic really threw into sharp relief the existing digital divide. Sean Gonsalves with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance says the funds are sparking solutions like public-private partnerships in New Hampshire to more regional approaches in Vermont. In rural New England, monopoly providers have no incentive to improve access. For a lot of people, it made it clear that high-speed internet connectivity wasn't a luxury. It's a must-have. It's not a nice-to-have. One fearless family in Lander, Wyoming, has faced down all of the big three grocery chains. Michelle Motherway is the third-generation owner of Mr. D's Food Center. After graduating college, she went home when a national grocery chain used illegal tactics to try to put her mother out of business. They ran a predatory pricing grand opening ad for 18 months until we turned them into the state. The legal limit is three months. Mr. D's provides 77 jobs in Lander nationwide, an estimated two-thirds of every local dollar spent stays within the community. 
Community spirit and hard work has landed Humboldt, Kansas, population 2000, on this year's New York Times list of 52 places to travel. They've been working to restore commercial properties to boost the economy. It's not just that these businesses were struggling to be successful. It's like the roof was leaking. So a lot of these buildings were just in really ramshackle shape. Paul Clotier co-founded the group A Boulder Humboldt six years ago. Now Humboldt has a luxury weekend getaway destination, a cocktail bar, and a shaved ice parlor where local students work. There's just something interesting about small town life. Possibility, a sense of opportunity that there's some other way to live and work. Some native communities are coming together to overcome voting barriers they thought were obstacles of the past. It's going to take consistent participation from everybody that's already registered, and it's going to take new people coming in to the equation. Keaton Sunchild with the nonpartisan voting organization Western Native Voice says until the Voting Rights Act of 1965, indigenous people faced Jim Crow-style barriers similar to those aimed at black Americans, like poll taxes and literacy tests. They're not as overt as they were in the beginning, but there's certainly still some challenges to getting folks in ballot box. After more Native participation in the past two elections, Montana's GOP-led legislature has curtailed same-day voter registration used by Native Americans more than other groups. We can make a difference, and we will make a difference, but we need all of us, and it's going to be a team effort. For the Yonder Report and Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. News Source 1 Michiana is actively monitoring the Russia-Ukraine border crisis and will keep you informed on the latest developments on our Facebook group. This is a serious global issue to follow. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. Joe Biden as President of the United States, the difference that he has made, 6.4 million jobs, that is a a nice ring to it. Nancy Pelosi celebrated President Joe Biden's first year in office and the administration's progress in fighting the pandemic, crediting him with stimulus payments and expanding COVID-19 vaccine access. The speaker said more needs to be done, including improved access to child care and universal pre-K to get more people back to work. Republicans see things differently accusing the president of missing the mark on the economy, COVID, immigration, and the Afghanistan withdrawal. John Thune of South Dakota. Pretty much on every level, uh, this administration has been a failure. And I believe the only way they can fix and cure that is to quit listening to the far left, to get away from the radical agenda that is driving their decision-making process and come to the middle. And opinion polling over the president continues to be unfavorable, The latest figures show Americans disapprove of Biden's performance 56 to 43 percent. The January 6th committee wants to talk to former President Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka, about a conversation she witnessed that day between Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. The panel is reviewing newly acquired White House documents, including draft tweets, a legal memo and a handwritten note. Georgia's Fulton County District Attorney has requested a special grand jury for her investigation into possible attempts by Trump to interfere with the 2020 general election. Trump insists he did nothing wrong when he asked the Georgia Secretary of State to look into alleged voter fraud. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were unified in their messaging Thursday on a possible invasion of Ukraine by Russia. If Putin takes aggressive action, we are prepared to levy serious and severe costs, period. Biden faced scrutiny for making a distinction between a minor incursion and a full-blown attack, possibly indicating Russia had some wiggle room for what it might do in Ukraine. 
The Supreme Court rejected an attempt by abortion providers challenging the Texas six-week ban to send the case back to the lower courts. The law went into effect five months ago, severely restricting abortion access in the state. A federal appeals court ruled two California counties closing gun stores as non-essential businesses during the pandemic in 2020 violated the Second Amendment. Lower courts had sided with Los Angeles and Ventura County officials, who said gun stores were not immune from shutdown orders. As the Omicron variant surges, school districts across the country are scrambling to staff classrooms. Becky Pringle, president of the National Education Association, said teacher shortages are not a new problem. There are literally not enough staff to keep schools open. This is the tragic consequence of decades spent chronically underfunding education and shortchanging students. The NEA called for short-term investments in testing and masks and long-term investments in classroom resources and better pay. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our A-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and his Russian counterpart Sergei Lavrov are holding talks in Geneva on Friday aimed at diffusing tensions over Ukraine. The U.K. is urging Russia to step back and says any incursion into Ukraine would come at a massive cost. The U.S. will allow three Baltic states to send American-made weapons to Ukraine, according to reports. U.S. correspondent Ira Spitzer reports. According to a new report in the Wall Street Journal, U.S. officials say Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania will be allowed to redirect U.S.-made Javelin anti-tank weapons and Stringer air defense systems to bolster Ukrainian forces. The three NATO member states, which, like Ukraine, used to be part of the Soviet Union and share a border with Russia, have long had their own concerns over Russian aggression. The move comes following a buildup of around 100,000 Russian troops at the Ukrainian border, although Russia denies that it is planning to invade the country. Ira Spitzer, San Francisco. Rebel conservative MPs are reportedly threatening to publish material to back up claims they've been intimidated and blackmailed by the Prime Minister's supporters. Boris Johnson says he's seen no evidence those who are critical of him have been unfairly targeted by government whips. Johnson remains under pressure from within his own party over the handling of allegations around parties during lockdown. Correspondent James Goodison is at Downing Street. If reports are to be believed, uh, some Tory MPs have recordings of heated conversation with the chief whip as well as text messages. The Times reporting that one Tory MP said they were told by a whip, you're done when voting against the government last year. Now, this has all emerged after William Ragg, who's a senior Tory backbencher, said that suspected plotters have been threatened with bad publicity and cuts to constituency funding. COVID cases in India are spiking, with the country recording 347,000 new infections on Friday. In one of the worst hit states, Kerala, nearly every second person is testing positive for the virus. Ishan Gurg reports from New Delhi. Kerala has recorded its highest daily case count since the start of the pandemic. This has forced the state to rethink its containment strategy. Restrictions on movement imposed in other parts of the nation were not in place here. But now officials have divided the state into three zones based on the number of hospital beds occupied in a district. Areas where 10% hospital beds are occupied, some businesses will be shut and public gatherings limited to only 50 people. If 20% hospital beds are in use, public gatherings will be capped at 20 people for weddings. All other forms of gatherings will be banned. If half the beds are occupied in a district, authorities may impose a full lockdown. But none of the areas in the state fall in the final category. 
Authorities hope that by ramping up vaccination, they'll dull the blow from Omicron. Ishan Gerg, New Delhi. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 